Hey, everybody, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? This is season two, episode six, Innovative Leadership, Herding Purple Cows. In this episode, we will be joined by Heather Warrell, Executive Administrator of Digital Innovation for Jefferson County Public Schools. Heather is a courageous female leader whose energy and innovation are both contagious. She is always so positive and inspires everyone to think outside of the box. And speaking of positive, we recently received the following five-star review on Apple Podcasts from hashtag love of peeps. I cannot express how inspired I am by these leaders, real and raw with a cute little purple heart emoji. Thanks so much, hashtag love of peeps for that awesome review. We really tried hard to keep it real and we hope that we can inspire you with at least one bit of information from each one of our episodes. So welcome, Heather. We're so glad that you could join us today. Thank you, ladies. It's an honor to be here. And I'm always up for joining forces with courageous women who are trying to change the world. So the honor is all mine. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. So I always tell everyone I'm a teacher on special assignment. Um, I was a social studies, middle school social studies teacher, and I've gotten to uh, be a teacher on special assignment as a library media specialist, as a school leader, as a member at the Kentucky Department of Education, and now here in this district with you two sheroes in Jefferson County. I love it. That that term sheroes, you're the uh-huh. you're you're our second set of guests that have, have used that term and we <laughs> love that. I think we have to get that that t-shirt of that. So yes, thank you. Absolutely. All right, so Heather, if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and get started. So this season, we've been discussing courageous leadership specifically with female leaders. How would you define courageous leadership? So courageous leadership to me, uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Renegades of Funk is my own personal leadership anthem. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever heard that song, but before, you know, I uh, step on stage or my team rolls out a big initiative or um, we have a press conference or whatever it may be, I turn Renegades of Funk up full blast in my car and rock it out to uh, get, get myself pepped up and inspired. And really courageous leadership and why that song speaks to me so deeply, it's about fighting the FOMs. And we call, the FOMs are known as forces of mediocrity. And my whole career, I've, I've considered myself a, a FOM fighter, um, trying to battle the status quo, trying to push against the forces of mediocrity to get better and better for And I think that definitely comes through with your work. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and you know, so courageous leadership one is about having the courage to challenge the status quo and do that bomb fighting. Um, but another thing is taking great care of your team and celebrating them wildly and encouraging them to fly closer to the sun. And that's a Seth Godin reference, and I'll probably talk about him. He's kind of the, the godfather of some of the, the work I've done in the past few years. But, you know, fiercely protecting them. Um, and pushing them out in front. And I always say courageous leadership and great leadership. If you're a great leader, you make it about everyone else but you. It's about the team. And right now my team's reading that book, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. And he really speaks to, you know, leaders take exceptional care of the people in their charge. So that's courageous leadership to me. What about you guys? Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you you, have, you make that reference, Heather, because I tell everyone, when I was in principal prep, um, one of the things that I 
of course you learn a lot, but one of the things that stuck with me that I've always really tried to lead with is the idea that a great leader uh, takes all the blame and gives all the credit. And so I, I think that that really goes along with that, that, you know, as a great leader that goes with that protecting your team. So that's, that was something that always stuck with me. The other thing that stuck with me from principal prep was the best thing you can do as a great leader is surround your, your employees by other great employees. Um, and so that way, everybody's kind of rising to that same level of excellence. Totally. And it, it's funny, Heather, you're the first person that's asked us that question back. So we've not had a chance to really answer this. <laughs> but I, I also um, turn on really great music. But my choice is Lizzo because I just love the way that she loves herself unabashedly. Like she, um, the way that she loves herself is just beautiful. So um, she, I turn on some Lizzo and then go in and, um, and do the work. But I think for me, it's really the thing that I've focused on in the last, um, I guess, year is vulnerability because that is a huge um, area of growth for me. And it was really important for me to um, build rapport because it's really hard to, to lead when you don't have a really great working relationship with um, your coworkers. So to be really vulnerable and say, I make mistakes too. and um, like one example that I think I've given before in a pod, another podcast was that in one of our first staff meetings, um, we when we went to NTI 1.0, I had my two-year-old here with me and um, I accidentally um, turned myself off of mute in one of our staff meetings and Jill was presenting and she couldn't see who it was and all she said was, woo, somebody's not happy. <laughs> and so a lot of people I think weren't entirely sure who it was but I was able to um, be vulnerable and say oh my gosh this happened yesterday it was so embarrassing but here's what I learned um, so thanks for sticking with me and um, and doing this together with us so I think being vulnerable and leaning from the ground is probably how I would define courageous leadership yeah I, I was kind of caught off guard too you are the first one to ask us that so <laughs> So I'm sitting here trying to process. Laura and I both, um, we talked about last week, the vulnerability when we took uh, the Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. That's the one place that we both need to work on. So we are, we are definitely working on that. I think mine is probably just, you know, when I think about that, I think about courageous leadership. It's as a leader being bold um, to take steps toward what you know is right and the vision that you're trying to achieve, but at the same time, um, not letting fear stop you because we, we've talked a lot about that fear factor so many times great people with great ideas the moment that things get hard or uncomfortable or start to appear to be failing they give up and abandon the idea so the work that we've been doing that's something that I've really tried to be working on is is not um, not letting fear uh, stop me from the great movements that I'm trying to make I know you know Jensen Chiro is one of my favorites and she it's funny because somebody gave me this little it's you know that little easy button from from Staples mm -hmm. somebody gave me the you are a badass little button and one of the and it has like five little quotes of course one of them is you are a badass but one of them she says is feed fear a suck it sandwich and so <laughs> so I am I think that's probably what it means to me is just being an unwavering when it comes to when you when you are trying to achieve something or take your team forward and not letting fear um, stop you and you know Jill I equate that with my team same kind of, of 
thinking, but we call it flying closer to the sun. And, you know, courageous leadership is not being afraid to fly closer to the sun. And once again, that's a Seth Godin reference from his book, Icarus Deception. And I tell my team, fly close to the sun, take risks, stay outside the comfort zone, lead big. And if you get burnt and you fail a little bit, we'll slap some aloe on your arm and we're going to fly on. But outside the comfort zone, when we're flying closer to the sun and taking those risks, that's where the magic happens. And so I think that's exactly what you're saying. You know, courageous leadership is not being afraid to try new things um, and not being afraid of failure. And, you know, I'm in the innovation business. So innovation's messy. And if we're not flying closer to the sun and being courageous, we're never going to innovate and change the world. And I think part of courageous leadership is is not only just not being afraid, but being a little bit afraid, having goals that that even scare you a little bit and doing it anyways, because you know what it's what's in the best interest of kids and um, to, to learn and grow. And that's what Dr. Carmen Coleman, if you look at her Twitter profile, I love her quote and she's had it there for a long time and it's never moved. And that quote um, is something along the lines of, uh, you know, your goals should scare you a little and excite you a lot. And I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Well, last week we talked about the importance of affirmations and shared some of our own. Um, You have such an amazing energy. We suspect affirmations are part of your regimen. What are some of your favorite affirmations that you use? So I love this question and I really had to kind of sit with it for a second and and ask myself, like, what am I telling myself every day? And really, you know, there's some things personally personally that I tell myself every day as a mom, as a working mom of three girls who are very busy, um, as a leader, uh, you know, as someone who's, you know, taking on side projects that are passion projects because I care and want to change the world. So my number one probably affirmation in all of that work is calm is strong. And that goes all the way back to my teaching roots and then my assistant principal roots. Calm is strong. And so I just always tell myself, okay, before you react, before your ego's engaged, before you spiral, like just take a breath, set with it for a second and and respond calmly. And that that's really one practice that I use. Now, I have a ton of other professional affirmations and you've heard most of them, fly closer to the sun, the answer to how is yes, and um, a quote uh, from Purple Cow, which I think we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but um, you know, no one gets unanimous praise. Criticism comes to those who stand out. So those are the things that I constantly am kind of telling myself, um, both as a mom and as a professional. And at the end of the day, especially when you're fom fighting and you feel attacked or you feel like you're pushing hard and and you know the forces of mediocrity are aligning to stop you like one thing I tell myself instead of retaliating or getting snarky I tell myself every time that happens show up be a good person and just do good work and that's another thing that I'm constantly telling myself you know that that part about the criticism piece, Heather, uh, that reminds me of, you know, we've talked about Brene Brown, Laura and I both love her work. Um, and she talks about, uh, the critic about, you know, she no longer pays attention to the critic unless they're in the ring, the arena with her. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that really made me think of that. So you've, you've talked a little bit about this, but in the world, in the world of innovation, you know, clearly you are surrounded by creative minds. And so in her book, speaking of Brene, in her book, Jared to lead, uh, she shares that good leadership creates a culture that honors innovation and creativity. So 
that's a lot to juggle for you. And you've, you've alluded to a little bit of it, but how do you create a safe space for your team to share their ideas, their out of the box thinking and feel validated, but at the same time, knowing that you can't say yes to everything they bring to you. So first of all, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan and I, we could spend a whole hour just talking about how <laughs> awesome her advice is to, to female leaders and just all leaders in general. Um, when it comes to leading a team, so I call it herding tigers. And I don't know if you all have read the book, Herding Tigers by Todd Henry, but I have an extremely talented team to lead. And many of them, and I think this is so important as leaders, they have strengths that I do not have. And I think good leaders are not intimidated by hiring people who can do things better than them in, uh, in you know certain areas. So how do you herd all these tigers? Well, one of the things, uh, that I try to do, and I think as a school leader or a district leader, this is this is a really good strategy. Um, I give them my time. I think as a leader, there is no better gift than you could give your people than the gift of time. And so we have every three weeks, one-on-one, -on -one, I have what we call a stretch cycle with them. Um, and we stretch together and we go through their leadership action planning and they tell me their next steps and we push and we pull and, and we kind of, um, kind of get the idea to a great place together. And you know, on our team, I always say we have no time for hurt feelings. Like this is not personal. We're trying to stretch and push and mold these ideas and these programs to be remarkable. And so, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? How do you lead these people and herd these tigers? You give them your time one-on-one -on -one and you stretch with them. And I think a lot of times in schools, when it comes to teachers, um, administrators aren't giving the gift of their time to really push and stretch with their teachers to help them grow and get better. So I, I would say that's pretty much um, my strategy for that. Thank you. That um, You hit on something that I think kind of is a problem for so many leaders. I know that uh, so many leaders won't follow your advice of that hurting the tigers. They get intimidated. Um, I think leaders often think they have to be the wisest about everything and know everything. And sometimes when they're afraid to hire people who know more than they do. But like yourself, I know, again, when I was an undergraduate, when I was working, well, actually it was my graduate school, when I was working on my principal prep, um, read a book, I think it was something like Leadership on Fire. And it talked about, uh, instead of tigers, it called it mavericks that, you know, don't harness your mavericks, let them, you know, rein them in like you were talking about with the gift of time but at the same time don't be intimidated by that that's what makes a strong team and as a leader we can't know everything we can't do everything so I, I love that advice and I can only imagine in like in the realm of um, innovation that, that would be pretty difficult because people are so creative and um, have so many ideas I'm sure Absolutely. And really, we just try to align them to the programs that they're passionate about and let them lead big. And I tell them all the time, I want you to lead big. I want you to fly closer to the sun. No matter what you do, you celebrate your people wildly. And I think, you know, our team's Twitter strategy with JCPS dig in and, and, you know, all of what we're celebrating in digital innovation has been a huge win. And so really just, you know, I tell them all the time, this isn't about me. This is about you building your bands in your zones and you, you know, getting, if I don't know if you all have ever seen that Derek Stivers um, YouTube video about the second dancer, um, you know, so we're all yes. about building your bands and getting people to dance with you. And it's not about me. 
This is about right. you and your, and I think one of the best quotes I've heard is great leaders create other leaders. And so just giving them the safety, a culture where they're safe to take risks and they're safe to try new things and lead big and stretch. I think that's key. And, and, and especially on an innovation team. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, but you, you do such a great job, Heather, of empowering others um, and, and, you know, reining them in enough to kind of have a consistent message across the district, but at the same time, empowering them to be the best they can be. It's funny, um, we just recently posted on our, our Twitter account this, this quote, it says, leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impact lasts in your absence. And so I think that really, uh, what you were just talking about, that that's kind of a goal, um, I think of all good leaders is that to empower people and they should be able to exist with their greatness even when you're gone. Exactly right. I love that. So in addition to being the executive administrator of District Innovation, you also started the Kentucky Go Digital movement, which has gained tremendous momentum. Can you kind of share with us how that all got started? Absolutely. Um, so I had the honor and opportunity a few years ago to uh, join the team at, at Kentucky Department of Education and, and lead some digital strategy with superintendents and school leaders. And Jill, I think that might have been the time when I actually got to connect with you. I think I think it was too. I have to tell you a little yeah, story yeah. Uh, that that Laura and then our AIC branding <laughs> one summer. Because uh, keep in mind is that talking about surrounding people who are better at things than you. That's what I do with people with technology. I've certainly grown immensely, but you know, Laura was that two or three years ago. I can't remember what it was, but I remember one summer and both Laura and Brandy talking about, oh my gosh, have you heard of Heather Warrell? I'm like, who? They're like, oh my God, you've got to be in front of Virgil. She's the most energetic. She did, you know, I'm just going on and on and on and on. And so I was like, okay, I've got to sign up for one of her sessions then because I've got to, to get to know this woman. So yeah, you're exactly right. That was about the time when it all got started. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much um, for sharing that. So during that time, we uh, at KDE, you know, I told I told the my boss at the time, I said, I, I will lead and push, but we really need to have an anchor uh, to kind of to kind of anchor all of the innovation and great strategies going on across the state together. Because, you know, one of the things I truly believe in is uh, alone we're smart, but together we're brilliant. And it, as a state, I really wanted to shatter the silos and have a place where people could share how they were innovating as school leaders at the time. I led school leadership strategy for KDE. And so I told him, I said, I'm going to need a hashtag to work with. I need an anchor or something for people to connect to. And, you know, he kind of thought for a second, and, and prior to my arriving at KDE, an old innovation team in, a, in another office of teaching and learning that had been dismantled due to some HR stuff and some other things, they had kicked around the Kentucky Go Digital hashtag back in the day. And, you know, he said, you know, I really feel like Kentucky Go Digital is still where we need to be. Um, and I still really like that hashtag. And I said, sounds great. And so we kind of uh, breathed some fresh new life in the, into that hashtag and brought it back. And I remember when we first started hashtag Kentucky Go Digital, there were two people that would dance with me. I mean, nobody was on that hashtag. <laughs> and I'll never forget two people, two uh, sheroes in Kentucky, Amy Buss out in Warren County and Brooke Whitlow, who's now in Nelson County. They were the only two people and I just wouldn't give up. I just kept dancing. Uh, and so it started with the hashtag. And then as I was traveling in different districts, I would see what we call purple cows or remarkable innovative leaders and teachers. And I thought, 
thought, oh my gosh, we've got to pull all them together, put them on stage so that they can learn face to face. And so we started partnering with post-secondary institutions like Murray State and Western and just all kinds, Bellarmine. Um, and we started hosting big regional events when it was all about finding the rock stars in the trenches, doing the good work and putting them on stage so that they could share. So really create, connect, share. Those are the values of Kentucky Go Digital. Um, so that between the hashtag and then the regional events and then, you know, I have to give a shout out to my Eastern Kentucky sister, Courtney DeRossett, uh, and once again, Brooke Whitlow and Elaine uh, Ab uh, Abanatha. You know, we came together and principals wanted to learn at the time how to use Google Forms and Autocrat to do walkthroughs. So they set up a little Google Hangout and I thought, hey, can we broadcast this so other people could join? And they were like, yeah, we kind of dug in and figured it out. and. Elaine was really instrumental um, to making it be broadcast on YouTube. And so we then the third kind of tier of Kentucky Go Digital is the digital uh, channel that we have, the Kentucky Go Digital channel. And so those are kind of the three strategy tenants. Um, but I do want to say this. Uh, Kentucky Go Digital is not just about technology for me. Uh, tech, uh, Kentucky Go Digital is also about females leading together. And um, I think throughout my career, you know, I've learned just as much from the non-examples as I have from the examples. And same with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. In fact, that's probably what led me to becoming a principal or a lot of the non-examples that I saw. And I thought, wow, they can do this. I can certainly do that. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, I was just so tired of feeling like other women were, you know, if, you know, especially in technology, there's usually only one room at, you know, one seat at the table for a woman, especially at high levels. And, you know, women haven't necessarily in this business been great about lifting each other up and um, and so really I wanted to show the world that women can come together and lead together and change the world together. So, uh, you know, Kentucky Go Digital is led by uh, female regional leaders across the state. And we do have men that join us to lead from time to time. Um, but it, it, to me, it's been a passion project, not only about sharing great ideas across the state, but showing the world that women can come together and lead together and lift together. I love that. And so Heather, this wasn't a pre-planned question, but in the past we've talked because you've really hit on having a goal and not letting it stop you. Um, but oftentimes, like we've talked with our listeners about, sometimes when it gets hard and it gets scary, that's when it stops. Did you have, certainly you had challenges along the way um, and, and talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when Kentucky Go Digital started doing really, really well, uh, I kind of felt like some people were trying to uh, keep it from being successful. And, you know, we just kind of stuck to our guns and we believed in the vision that we had set forth. And, you know, some days, you know, we're, we get, we just were so busy with our day jobs. And this is really a passion project. None of us get paid for Kentucky Go Digital. And some days we're like, oh, can we keep the spirit alive another year? And then we had the big summer virtual event and almost 2000 people signed up and attended. And it was like, oh my gosh, like this spirit is something that we have to fight for and keep alive. So I think that's when I jumped in. It was the summer of 2018 and it was um, the virtual professional development. And honestly, I felt like um, after doing that, that I'd learned more in that short time than I ever did at any other professional development because I got to choose the things that I listened to. It was really relevant and timely. 
Um, so I think that's when I jumped in. It was the summer of 2018, probably right when it started to get big. Um, and I was, I was just so impressed by the amount of people that joined and that were sharing ideas. Um, and, and the energy was contagious. Thanks so much, Laura. You know, with Kentucky Go Digital, we really try to shatter all assumptions, traditional assumptions about professional development. Like we play music, we play rock music, we dance, we have balloons, we have party favors, we wear shorts and flip flops. Like, like who says PD can't be a blast? You know, recently we started having a DJ at our events and I want to give a shout out to Matt Bolka. He DJs uh, for us on the channel now. And just yesterday oh, we fine. had a leadership episode <laughs> featuring Warren County and how they're using Google Data Studio. So like we rethink and challenge, you know, what is and try to try to change it and make it more fun and engaging for teachers because teachers like to have fun too. Absolutely. And actually, I think I saw your tweet about yesterday's event and I, I'm curious to know more about that. So I'll have to go back and watch the replay. Absolutely. But you use you often use the term purple cow. Can you share with our listeners where that term came from and what it means to you as a leader? So purple cow. Um, yes, uh, I never in my wildest <laughs> dreams would have thought that purple cow would uh, become, you know, kind of a collective mindset and rally cry for people and teachers in Kentucky. So real quick, where did it come from? Um, I had an, the great honor in 2012 of starting a high school from scratch with the the great Wes Bradley, who's now the superintendent in Nelson County. And when we started that school, and I think you guys have probably heard me talk about this before, but just real quick, we read more books about building a new business and starting a new business at the time than we did books on education. Um, we really wanted to challenge everything about traditional school, the nomenclature, the, um, the desks, the furniture, the physical space. And we really focused on branding and marketing right from the beginning because we wanted to kind of rethink you know, everything that we had been taught about what school should be. And so one of the books that we read during that time was The Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And really in the book, he challenges you to think anew, um, to go big. And he, you know, he says in that book, no one gets unanimous praise. Criticism comes to those who stand out. And so don't be afraid of the critics. Just, you know, cast a vision and, and lead wildly and celebrate wildly. So we really kind of, you know, we had a real purple cow in our school. And, and some of you guys have heard me talk about this purple cow. And it really, you know, became a symbol of not being afraid to shine brightly. And what I've said, and I still believe in my heart and soul, that in so many schools across the world, there are purple cow teachers and they are existing in school cultures that aren't strong and in, in schools that don't have strong culture your purple cow teachers often go into hiding you know they're afraid to be celebrated because they'll be ridiculed and called the principal's pet or the know-it-all or the goody two-shoes or the show-off and so they go into hiding and what we said at our school is forget that noise we want you to shine bright we want you to lead big you don't have to worry about putting a target on your back because sometimes in faculty meetings if your culture's not good and you try to give a teacher of the month um, all the other teachers will come for their jugular so really it's a symbol of remarkability and you know as i started talking about our school culture at thomas nelson and people would ask me to keynote about um, the school and, and what we had done there. And I started talking about the purple cow. I was amazed at how many people connected to that message. And so really it's just a rally cry. 
don't worry about, you know, what people say, um, you know, shine bright, lead big, do what you need to do for kids. And there are other people out there that are going to cheer for you and, and, you know, encourage you on. It's funny because after um, Brandy, our AIC, and I attended uh, the KY Go Digital Professional Development that summer, I think she took a trip to like South Carolina and there was this ice cream shop that was named the Purple Cow. And so have like leaving from the excitement of the professional development, she was so excited to see that, took a selfie and sent it to me. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> because we just love that, that idea of Purple Cows because I think you're right so many times people are afraid to share their ideas or speak up and be great because they don't want to stand out. And the purple cow is just such a great reminder of that. Well, and that's, that's a really, um, that's a really important role that we play as leaders is establishing a culture that celebrates everyone being a purple cow, because you're right, Heather, I think, um, particularly with women, I will say sometimes, I, I don't know, you know, because education is, is very heavily dominated with women, I think sometimes women can get very catty with one another. So unless, uh, you know, I think one of the primary roles, and we talk about this all the time, is, you know, creating and cultivating you know, a great culture, is that that's something that as the leader, you have to be intentional about, or it can quickly go in a very bad place and create a healthy competition and a, and a real toxic culture quickly. Absolutely. So last week we talked about the armors of vulnerability that Brene Brown discussed in Dare to Lead, with, which are perfectionism, foreboding, joy, and numbing. Um, I give the example of numbing for me is to stay busy when I'm avoiding a really difficult task. That could look like scrolling through social media or doing really any other task to keep myself busy because I'm task avoiding. <laughs> So knowing that none of us are perfect beings, what are area, what's an area or areas that you find yourself continually growing in as a leader? I love this question. And really uh, two things I think about immediately. One is, is, you know, I think it's so easy after we've been doing a job for a while or in a role for a while, like we kind of move into our comfort zone. And so one of the things that I do is, is try to constantly push myself out of the comfort zone and trying to stay, I try to stay uncomfortable. Just today, um, we had to give a presentation for Greg and talking about things that we're doing here in JCPS. And, and I don't necessarily enjoy that. I mean, I don't like speaking in front of hundred people. I get nervous. Every time I get on stage, I get nervous, but every time I've pushed myself and I've taken the risk and I've kept myself uncomfortable, you know, that's when the magic happens or doors open um, or I get connected with great leaders like the two of you. Um, and, and I want to model that for my team, right? Fly closer, be uncomfortable. But the other thing that I'm constantly trying to do, you know, I told you my mantra is one of my mantras. Um, professionally is, you know, be a good person and do good work no matter what. And sometimes, you know, not everybody likes strawberry ice cream. You know, some people like pralines and cream or vanilla or chocolate or Rocky Road. Not everybody likes, it likes, you know, strawberry ice cream and that's okay. And sometimes when you're, you know, battling the status quo and fighting the forces of mediocrity, people will criticize or they might not like your ideas. And what Brene Brown talks about a lot, um, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this on the podcast, is our natural tendency is to transform her up. And I'm an 80s girl, so I immediately think of like Optimus Prime, like, you know, Transformer Up. And I feel myself do that sometimes. And I have to like 
diagnosed. No, you're not a transformer. Take the iron off, open up, and I try to do what she says. Stay open and stay curious. And, you know, when you're having that crucial conversation with somebody, especially if it's somebody that you lead um, and they're not happy with the decision you've made or whatever, you know, she says, stay open and curious. So we have to say, okay, tell me more about why you feel that way, you know? And that is so hard to do because my natural tendency is to just Optimus Prime. Um, So I'm I'm always pushing (laughs) through that. And, you know, I I think um, it's always going to be a challenge for all of us leaders trying to be vulnerable, but still change the world. Heather, you are such a woman after our own heart. Yes. (laughs) Um, Knowing that you have a full-time job, uh, you have three little girls, uh, you know, you're a busy mom, uh, you have all these passion projects. How do you um, manage it all, you know, and still find time for self-care? Because we talk about that a lot with our listeners as well. So, you know, any advice? Because, you know, I would suspect that a lot of our listeners are kind of made from the same cloth as well. So what advice do you have for our listeners on how to, to juggle all the balls in the air? Because, you know, we talk about, you know, courageous female leaders, or as Jen Sincero calls it, badass women. We, we encourage that, we promote that, and we hope that we inspire that. But we also know that it takes a certain sophistication of balance um, and not having that guilt for, for giving yourself to any one part of who you are. So what advice would you have for our I, listeners of how, to, how you go So I'm going to be a little vulnerable and tell you all the truth. <laughs> first of all, first of all, and I hope this helps another woman out there. Uh, first of all, I think when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. So I do love my job. It's my passion. It's my livelihood. And But sometimes I love it so much. Like last night, my beginner's mind kicked in and I was thinking about this Halloween thing I'm going to do at our next virtual team meeting and I wanted to pull my computer out right there and like start designing it was like late at night and I have to tell myself no um, you'll get to that uh, and we have to make time for what I call TCOI so two ways that I TCOI and TCOI stands for take care of yourself and it is a constant mantra on my team um, I am a uh, very supportive of working parents and my team knows I'll tell you a few things family first always family first. And I don't know if you listened to that Reese Witherspoon series that she did shine on, but she had the founder of Spanx on there. And she talked about the culture that she had created that was very family friendly. And she's been a model for me and how I lead my team. So family first. So what's that look like? So here's when I'm in a confess to your listeners. Are you ready? (laughs) This makes my heart pound a little bit, but I hope it helps somebody else. I do not have email on my phone. I do not have email on my phone. So that means at the end of my workday, when I close my computer, I do not see email until the next day. Because I think email can be an energy vampire and it sucks away your ability to to decoy and take care of yourself. Um, So that is an honest uh, admission for me. Um, Number two, I try, my family on Sundays, we try to do no technology. I take all of the devices away and I do my best to do this as well. Um, Sometimes it doesn't happen, especially if my girls are staying the night with someone, I need my phone to be able, but I try to take all technology away every Sunday so we can decoy and play games. Um, And like we played Taboo last Sunday and I cook on Sundays. Those are two things right there, especially as a technology person. I mean, to admit those publicly, those are two things <laughs> that I do to try to take care of myself. And, you know, lots of walks. I tell my team all the time, shut your computer.
computer after this meeting and go for a walk. Um, go take a forest bath, you know, and I'm sure Laura, you love that because you're into outdoor yes. sports like my brother. Um, go take a forest bath and go for a walk. So we're constantly, and in my team meetings, we build in time to share how we're decoying. And it's always really interesting to hear how the people on my team are taking care of themselves. It's funny that you you um, said that acronym because I've actually seen that, um, I, I guess on Twitter, and I didn't know what it stood for. So I've learned something new today. And second, same, Laura, I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing I was thinking is I'm really impressed that you don't have email on your phone because that is something I really struggle with. I feel this need to respond to everybody immediately and having email on my phone, I think makes me feel that way. So perhaps I should follow your lead. But the other thing is, is right now we're in self quarantine, um, my daughter and I. So having email on my phone and things like that being able to do work things quickly has been very nice but after this I think maybe it's gone for me too yeah you, you know it's funny I when you said that my chest got a little tight I'm Same. not gonna lie because like I was I was like I bet Laura's chest is getting tight too yeah. because to the same point like if I'm at the red light let me check real fast if I you know if, if but it, it almost is like holding you prisoner so it makes me a little anxious to think about doing that I'm not gonna lie to you but perhaps that's uh that's why I need to do it because it makes me feel uncomfortable you know and that doesn't work for everyone you know it's it's and I can imagine as a principal, you know, sometimes there, but I feel like anyone who, if there's an emergency and usually my emergency people that need me, there's is Amy Dennis, Carmen Coleman and Kermit Belcher. So if one of them needs me, they're not going to send me an email anyway, or Dr. Polio. Occasionally I'll hear something from him. You know, they're going to call me, you know, if it's an emergency. So really email to me, um, gives it gives people 24 hours a day access to you and I think that we have to model I mean I model this for my team and I tell them it's okay not to have email on your phone um, you know if I need you I'll call you or text you but you know it, that's not the answer for everyone but I'm just gonna be honest and say that has helped me have a better work-life balance I love those suggestions. Same. So Heather, Heather you've uh, you've alluded and shared with us some of the books that you've read. And so we know that you're a voracious reader. We're curious to know what's on your nightstand right now. Oh my goodness. So I have a few things and I'm actually going to walk over here and tell you. So you know, I'm a former <laughs> librarian and I love to read. My team for Bosses Day actually just got me the Notorious RBG. Um, they're oh, always giving oh. me like they know I love to read about other female leaders. So I just finished finished um, two weekends ago, the Notorious RBG, and you can borrow it anytime you'd like. Um, and then I'm reading, of course, we're doing a team read of Leaders Eat Last, and we just read Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain. Um, our next book up is Distance Learning Playbook. But I have to say, you know, I was a librarian, so I love to read fiction. And part of my decoy is also not feeling guilty for taking time to read fiction. Um, and so I'm reading the book, the New York Times bestseller Searcy Now by Madeline Miller is on my nightstand. And uh, I love to keep a fiction book as well because it feeds my soul. And I also last night read Better Homes and Garden. So that's my magazine. Of <laughs> I, love so it. I constantly try to feed my soul with different things. I also love podcasts. So I cannot wait to be one of your podcast subscribers. Um, and so <laughs> I feed myself the Tim Ferriss podcast is, is probably my 
my favorite podcast of all time. And now it's going to be yours. Be the leader you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those are big shoes to fill. But yes, for that. sure. Absolutely. All right, Heather, last question that we ask all of our guests. So if you haven't listened, perhaps it's going to come as a surprise to you. Uh, so the last question we always ask is, what are three words that other people who know you would use to describe oh, you? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I would say probably energetic, <laughs> um, passionate, which I think sometimes gets confused with the word emotional because a lot of times women in leadership, we're passionate and that gets mislabeled as being emotional. And I'm not emotional. I'm not a crier. I'm just very passionate about the work. So energetic and passionate. Um, and I hope they would say kind. I hope that's what they would say. I think probably all three of those. (laughs) Absolutely. It's always fun to do that question and someone who's like close in your life to write down and then you, you say what you think they'd say and then kind of compare to see what they would really say. So yeah, that's always, that's always interesting to look at that. Well, Heather, uh, this has, we, Laura and I've learned so much um, in yes. this short amount of time and, and undoubtedly going into it, we knew we'd be inspired and just, you know, after a long day, it's like, I'm excited about the podcast, but it's been a long day, but now I'm like, yes, I can go do anything. And that's, that's always the way I feel when I'm in your mm-hmm. presence. And so even though we're in distance kind of a situation and we're not physically in the same room, your energy is so contagious in such a great way. And so I just want to Thank you for all that you do to inspire not only our district, but our state and all women in general, Um, from from one woman to another whose passion is inspiring women to be empowered. I just thank you for all that you do and thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Super generous. And it's a true honor to join forces with you two Purple Cows. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) And thank you so much for being here. I also learned um, about decoy and I just heard the the term forest bathing the other day for um, the first time ever so it's come back up I think maybe it's something that I need to look more into but thank you so much for being here next week we will be sharing strategies from the second half of Brene Brown's dare to lead make sure to tune in because it you will not want to miss it for your convenience we have linked dare to lead in the show notes if you are ready to purchase your own copy If you enjoyed this episode, Innovative Leadership, Herding Purple Cows, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. In fact, we'd like to to challenge you to share this episode with someone you feel is a purple cow and or innovative leader. And don't forget to use the hashtag be the leader you deserve. If this is your first episode or if you've not listened to the entire first season, we would love to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes to get automatic updates for our Be The Leader You Deserve podcast. And recently we created a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page to give you more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you through the week. Make sure to like and follow us at Be The Leader You Deserve to stay up to date with leadership ideas and updates of other projects that are in the works. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and ratings on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and we make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that we get. Thank you so much.